0: The boy and the stranger sat in silence, not for lack of things to say, but for want to continue to eat. The boy had grown generous. He had enjoyed the last story and wanted to learn how to write runes and cast them, like Odin. But the stranger was not willing to teach him. He said it would take more than a night to show him. The boy doubted that. The stranger mentioned that he was hungry, and what little food was out was not enough but the boy was trained in many domestic arts and took some of the smoked meats from the rafters and brought them down, along with dried fruits from the far south his mother had bought when the merchants returned, from their summer travels down rivers and waterways. The stranger thanked him and ate in silence. It was then that the boy reminded himself that the stranger had one eye. A curious coincidence, he told himself. When they had finished their piecemeal snack, the boy continued, "'How did you lose your eye?' The stranger, who had been staring into the fire, smiled without looking away from the lapping flames. A long tale. No, what you want to know is how Odin lost his eye. And that part of our tale is coming soon, boy, make no mistake. Where were we? Seeking Mimir, yes? The boy nodded. Odin had just gained his runes. The stranger nodded. So he did. Let us pick it up from there on Odin's search for Mimir and answers to the War of the Gods. Welcome to Goddessy. Season 2, Episode 5. The Eye and the Well. The runes guided him to the river in Jotunheim, a long thing that was far too wide to cross, and one that would curved, much like the rune that drew him here. Still, the images of runes flashed into his mind, revealing that they had much more wisdom to share with him. His mind was a mighty thing, but this mountain could not be crossed in a day, or even a week. Wisdom, particularly wisdom that contradicts itself, is difficult to process. This is the tragedy of wisdom, boy. The more you know, the more choices you must make, for wisdom and knowledge create perilous paths. For the wise, you cannot live life as Thor does throwing weapons at things that anger you at the beginning of an argument. That is the difference between strategic Tyr and wrathful Thor. But even beyond Tyr, Odin has to navigate diplomacy, has to navigate the powerful court of gods and the complexities of mankind. Loki is crafty and cunning and knows many things. But he has no wisdom. Frey and Freya are a good example of being wise but making the wrong choices. But their tales are not the ones I will tell you this night. Odin, too, has made wrong choices. With what he found at Mimir's well and with the wound, Odin thought he would be able to avoid further poor choices. And boy, he was wrong. He followed the river. Odin found many settlements belonging to many Jotun lords, but in his wisdom he did not reveal himself and fled from violence. He shed no giant blood in those days. The trip was not short but long, taking him deep into the east. The further he went, the more treacherous the terrain, the river becoming monstrous, filled with beasts and currents, and surrounded by mountains that seemed to breathe and live. Snow and forest, plains and gullies, he traversed many a path following that river, until at last it seemed to go underground. In the distance, he saw a massive tree, an ash a seedling of the world tree now called Yggdrasil. Though it was deepest night, there was illumination coming from somewhere below, a blue light that shone and lit the tree. Who is Mamir to Odin? Why did he already know him? Listen more closely, boy, for I told you, he is Odin's uncle, the brother of Odin's mother Besla. Vesla and Mimir were among the first of the Jotuns, born directly of Ymir, and wise beyond any of their kind. Indeed, Odin knew of no wiser being. Even among the Norns, the Jotun-Volva who sit at the base of Yggdrasil and tell the past, present, and a future. You shall learn of them too in time." Odin saw no need to hide his appearance and dropped his magical guise, becoming the Gallows' god once more, the noose's effect on his appearance still plain and raw. He was thin, he was hungry, he was pained, but still he approached. Mimir is not like other Jotuns. He lacks the chaos and action that others have. Indeed, few beings can claim to be so pacifist as Mimir was. No blood had he ever spilt, nor would he ever, and his wisdom was such that he was beyond reproach. When Odin saw him, he had not aged a day. His skin blue, covered in purple markings that looked like spiraling shapes, the kind you see on your runestone outside, boy. His hair was white, bald at the top of his head, but white about the temples and long. His beard hung on his chin, his face bare, but fanged. His eyes were distant, like the ice seas of Niflheim. He was the wisdom of frost and stone, and behind him his well, at the base of the tree. or son, nephew, is it that time? Come, tell me of your journey and your need, for only need would bring you this far into Jotun country. It is need, uncle, but it is good to see you. Many years have passed since last we met. Mimir smiled, a terrifying thing. Indeed, nephew, for you have grown a beard and are trying scarification techniques, I see. I like it. Odin felt warm around his neck now, and the air was very chill that night. "'My brothers are dead. I alone remain of your nephews. There is a war among the gods,' Mimir interrupted. "'Yes, a war among the Aesir and Vanir. Word has reached even this deep, for the animals speak to me. "'These two came to me, Borson.' Mimir indicated the tree above, where sat two massive ravens. Their eyes shone with the blue light of Mimir's well, wrapped in white stones. They regarded Odin with curiosity before landing on his shoulders. One clipped his ear with its beak, the other cawing. Mimir chuckled. "'They have taken a liking to you!' Odin resisted a smile, but failed. "'What are their names?' Munin and Hoogan. Odin laughed at that. Memory and thought, hmm? I do not particularly care for Munin. He is rude and intrusive, but Hugin, I am already fond of. He pet the bird, and Munin cawed in annoyance. It is true, boy. Odin loves thought, but he flees from memory. So too do all souls who are wise. Now, to your point. You seek a way to end the war. You have discovered amazing gifts, I see. A new magic that is all about you. Is that gift not enough? Odin considered his bag of runes made from a branch of Yggdrasil. Divination is not the same as wisdom, uncle, and the runes offer suggestions, pathways. I have experimented with them. And they told you to find me. Odin shook his head. Every being in every one of the nine worlds has told me to find you. That only you have the answers. Mimir now shook his head. I have an answer, not thee. Consider your options. You could annihilate the Vanir. You could enslave them, banish them, treat with them. And that itself has many conclusions. You are king of the Aesir, now the lone soul on the throne of Asgard. Where before you had committees, things of gods, now you stand alone. Consider your options. How do you navigate these? How do you navigate the anger of Thor, the plans of Tyr, the schemes of Loki? How do you treat with the widows and children whose parents have been killed by the Vanir? And two, how do you treat with the widows and orphans left by the Aesir in raids on Vanaheim? What is the price of peace? Odin sighed. He had no answer for that. Mimir knew that too. What is your true objective, nephew? Odin had an answer for that, at least. Peace for security. The nine worlds stand on the precipice of chaos. The Jotuns could destroy it all. Humanity suffers, and the elves and gods, too. If we unite, if there is peace among us, Jotuns can be brought to heal. Mankind can flourish. Mimir considered him, coming closer. He was but a head taller than Odin, shorter still than Thor and Tyr. The winds picked up and blew his wisps of hair. Why is it important to you that mankind need flourish, Odin? Odin thought for a moment, Hugin cawing at Mimir. Munin bit at one of Hugin's tail feathers, and the two flew off, either playing or bickering. It was accurate, though. He remembered the halls of Geroth, the cruelty of the human he raised, and the kindness of Geroth's son. Gods are the guides of the humans. It is why we exist. We give them examples to strive towards and give them gifts of knowledge and skill. When we bicker, they suffer. We must strive to be better, so humanity can be better. But why should they? Mabir questioned again. Why is it important that humanity be better? Because this is their world, not ours. Why is Midgard the center of the Nine World? Why does Yggdrasil grow from it? Why do all worlds circle around Midgard? If not for the importance of humanity, I cannot imagine any other reason. Mimir considered his answer. And yet, you created both Midgard and filled humanity with a soul. Did you not set this up? Odin nodded. As we slew Emir, I came to regret it. What had Emir done to us? I felt as though we did it because we had to, and that it was destined. That is why I gave humanity a soul. I gave them the power to choose their own fate." Mimir turned back, going to the well. He took a ladle made of whale ivory and dipped it, taking a drink from the well. It was a taunt, Odin knew, for, it is said, a drink from Mimir's well will give you the answers you seek. Mamir sighed, closing his eyes, as something needed to fill him. You tell to me that all gods have a fate and cannot deviate from it. Is that what you tell me? Odin nodded. Then you come not because you want to, but because you are destined to. And you come because you wish to know this outcome, and indeed, the entire trajectory of fate beyond this question, is that true? Odin answered, I come to seek an answer. It need not come from the well. And yet it must, for I cannot give you the answer you seek. Not in any real way. But know this, nephew. The well comes at a price. Many have come to seek wisdom, and I can give wisdom. But true wisdom requires a sacrifice. And you have already sacrificed so much. Again shall you do this?" Odin did not hesitate. What is the price for wisdom, uncle? I would give everything for this wisdom. I have suffered greatly and wish to avoid further bloodshed between the two peoples. I will do what I must. Reaching into his belt, Mimir took out a knife, removing it from its white bone sheath. The entire knife was made of whalebone, carved intricately. Then come, Odin. The well asks a price. Give your eye for wisdom. A whole eye placed in the well will grant you wisdom. Make the sacrifice. Odin slowly walked across the grove, under the seedling of and for the first time, set his eyes upon the well's waters. The interior glowed, illuminated by something within, but Odin could not see what glowed. Indeed, the interior was deep but clear, and he saw the bottom, deep down there, a stone surface like a boulder. Where did the water come from? The source of the well was unclear to him, but it did not matter. Odin took the knife from and without hesitating, cried out and stuck the knife into his eye socket, pulling it out and removing the stem. His scream echoed off the trees and stones and all throughout Jotunheim. For the pain was unbearable. I see you wince, boy. Many people have fears about their eyes. Odin did, too. Taking his eye in his hand, he looked at it, dizzy from the loss of vision and of blood, and threw it into the well. It spun, blood coming off of it like a smoke. And it sank to the bottom, landing on its back. It seemed to stare back up, looking at Odin. You may now drink. The eye will remain there, forever, and all waters will come here. Odin wondered what that meant, because he suddenly felt as though he was connected to all nine worlds more clearly. Taking the ladle, he brought it to his mouth and drank. It was gritty, though had no detectable minerals in it. The water was hard, but cold, and he drank it all in. As soon as he did, His own vision faded, replaced with sights of other things, other places. Frey's hand clasping his own. A cauldron full of bubbling water and something emerging from it. Another cauldron and an eagle drinking from it before flying off, avoiding a spear. A wolf, a terrible wolf, and a half-dead girl with a harsh face. Women on horses flying through the air, collecting the souls of the dead. And a golden hall in Asgard. He saw his young son, Balder crying and begging Frigga to help him, and he saw Balder, older now, beautiful and golden, and an arrow trained upon him. Odin saw winter unending, and a man screaming, acid falling from a bowl onto his eyes. He felt the man's heart and knew it was plotting. He plotted the end of Asgard and of Vanaheim. Who was this man, coming to? Mimir stood before Odin, smiling. "'Wisdom is a strange thing, is it not? "'Do you have your answer?' "'Odin nodded slowly. "'More questions than answers, but I see my immediate answer. "'I see the peace ahead and its fruits. "'I also see a great enemy, but I do not know what it means. "'Perhaps if you drink from the well, you must make another sacrifice.' Are you prepared to sacrifice needlessly for curiosity? Odin considered and then put the ladle down. He had his answer. Better to leave it at that. Come with me, Mimir. You are wise without your will. I would have you join me, advise me. His uncle smiled. I will come for as long as I am able. You must tell me your plan, though. He would, but first, Odin had a different worry. Two wolves had appeared, growling. They were large, with eyes Odin thought were familiar, almost like the two ravens playing in the tree above. The wolves were hungry, powerful muscles clinging to their bones. Odin approached and pet them on the head. They stopped growling. I know you as I know the ravens. I name you Geri and Freki ravenous and greedy. You shall walk by my side, for I see what is needed of me." He turned to the birds. Hugin, Munin, come. We go to Asgard. And with that, Odin and Mimir left the well. The boy interrupted the ending of the tale. Why were they familiar? How did Odin know their eyes? The stranger smiled, but did not answer. He left that answer in memory, and fell into deep thought. The Well of Amir is the last of the untold myths I wanted to dive into this season. We have a pretty good idea of what Odin did there, sacrificing his eye for wisdom and knowledge, and so I played that out. The only thing I added were the questions of why Odin was interested in humanity and where Odin's entourage of animals come from. While most people are super into Munin and Hugin, the former of which Odin hates and the latter Odin loves, Geri and Freki are just as tied to Odin. Their names translate to Ravenous One and the Greedy One, and they, like the two ravens, represent Odin's connection to the dead warriors on the battlefield. All four eat the dead in Norse thought, and so I figured that they needed an origin story. I am hinting at a potential origin for them, why their eyes are familiar. The inclusion of souls in Norse cosmology is a curious thing to me. Indeed, it seems like even gods have immortal souls that last after death. We know that because certain gods who die end up in the underworld which is not a good look, but still part of the tale. Yet the underworld has not yet been established in Norse myth, and certain dead gods don't appear in later stories. This has influenced my choice not to include Valhalla and Helheim yet, so I am explaining why Odin created those. And make no mistake, he is the one who creates both Valhalla and Helheim. Next week, we'll get into the beginning of that process, and we'll get back to the more well-known myths. With the first installment of Skald Skaparmal, On the language of poetry goddessy is written researched and produced by greg wright additional writing and editing by sydney yeager who has no need for the mead of poetry music by scott buckley whose creative commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au follow goddessy on social media at the goddessy podcast we share mythology factoids daily from all over the world hilarious memes and occasionally real world wisdom And when you do, reach out and share Goddessy with your friends, followers, and evil fiends of Muspelheim. We can also be reached via email. All of those can be found in the show notes, so check us out there. Your support keeps the show going. If you like what you've heard, leave a review on the podcast service of your choice and help others find us. Share us on your social media. Speak truth to the four winds that it may spread around the world. If you want to support the show more directly, you can get access to weekly blog deep dives and early access episodes on our Patreon. This link is also in the show notes below. Goddessy releases every Monday. See you next week, far traveler.